Welcome, everyone, to another episode of your favorite one and O AFC East leading division podcast. Buffalo Bills maybe next year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And a game happened on Sunday and the Bills won it. And those are two things that we agree on. Um, and I think that there's going to be some dissension today amongst how to read what happened after week one. Um, but we are going to get to that. We're going to get to your three stars. We are going to talk about uh, the news of the AFC East uh, with the Patriots and the Dolphins. We are going to get to your listener questions. If there are any, I, we did not put the bat signal out as far as I know. Um, yeah, we did. We got uh, some We got some Twitter and Facebook questions. All right, then. Well, Scott good. And I, Scott, we're actually on our games this week. We're like, oh, crap, the season started. Now we actually need to not slack on this. Well, I was going to give you a good chastising for not doing it, but more fool me. I uh, I should have had that more faith in you, so uh, I should have trusted the process here in week in in year eight. Um, right, and, we're like a, we're, we're starters, so we sit out the preseason essentially, and that's like all right, regular season time to get real. And uh, and then we're going to talk about Bills Giants, but let's get to the let's get to the good stuff. The Buffalo Bills win in. Uh, dramatic fashion, 17 to 16. Um, the biggest comeback for the Buffalo Bills in 22 years. Um, they had lost every game that they had trailed by 13 points or more in the fourth quarter. They were down 16 nothing going into the into the third uh, before they put their three points up and essentially starting a, a 17 uh, nothing run. Devin Singletary, huge yards on the ground. Josh Allen. Uh, throwing a touchdown pass, big field goals by Steven Hauschka, uh, and of course, uh, you know, you the real MVP de- uh, defense. I'm sure that's kind of where we're going with all this. Scott, if um, you could give me your take on the game first, and then we'll go to Paul uh, before I just tell you you're both wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, so same, same mean, as usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough because, I mean, yeah, I mean, defense totally rock solid like not not much to complain about there Le'Veon Bell is a obviously a all pro running back and holding him to roughly 90 yards um when the Jets had the game in hand for the most part or excuse me they had he had 90 yards like total like from scrimmage it was really pretty fantastic and I think that speaks to the the quality of the defense I think that the the line defensive line did a great job getting pressure obviously they were kind of up in in Darnold's business the whole whole day for the most part. Um, Ed Oliver obviously did not get really onto the stat sheet so much, but he was there in terms of pressures. Um, Milano, Edmonds, both, you know, again, when you're playing Le'Veon Bell, he's going to get his some days, but you just have to contain him and make Sam Darnold try and win the game. And for a while, he he definitely was. Um, that, that, that was a thing that was happening, um, but it was never really quite out of hand. I think the biggest concern on defense, because I'll just finish there, I mean the the I don't I mean I thought we had a solution at Nickelback. I'm I'm not sure that we do. Um, because thankfully we're not talking about music, right? We're talking about exactly. the defensive well, no secondary position. To Nickelback okay. yeah, yeah, no, that's that's not a thing that can be fixed. Um, but the, when, uh, just quickly, when I'd like to thank Paul for writing the agenda down because this is how you remind me of what's in the show. <laughs> it took three and a half minutes to get to a pun, but we got there. Damn it. <laughs> well, well played everyone um so yeah but teron johnson like he was kind of hanging in there but it seemed like they were going at him a lot and he was not quite up to the task on some of these 
And then he got hurt, obviously. And then Saran Neal comes in and also not really quite up to the task. Um, so we need to figure that out, whether it's Kevin Johnson or somebody else. But the, it seems like we need some some thoughts put in there on the offense. Um, I don't know. Like, there's so much here. I'm going to start with, frankly, the, the play calling. And I'll just leave it. I'll just start there. I don't know what that was. I get the <laughs> argument that the Jets defense is 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 strong up the middle. C.J. Mosley, you know, again, probably, you know, functionally an all pro kind of player, you know, Leonard Williams, uh, Quinnen Williams, obviously like or Quinnen. I think that's his name, right? The guy. Yeah, the, yeah you the, got the, it. Quinnen Williams. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. Like they're 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 good players. And I understand you don't want to kind of just run your head into a brick wall. But it was like three running plays in the first half, maybe three called running plays. Yes, three called running plays. That is too much that is just not that's not acceptable like <laughs> i i like the, the you need to have some balance like you need to do a little bit more like i understand that tom brady can run that offense but josh allen is not tom brady. it's like he looked like i will say he looked okay on sunday at best and that was against a defense that was really not quite prepared to stop him like not really putting a lot of pressure on the pass rush not with great corners and he looked barely at best barely salvageable um and running you know throwing the ball 18 times in the first half or whatever it was is just kind of bonkers to me so i understand the game planning aspect of this but literally singletary again mosley was out in the fourth quarter so i won't deny that it's going to be a little different if he's in there and singletary is running the ball but still you have to at least have the threat of a run because people are putting it out there like, oh, well, you know, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot with some of these turnovers and mistakes and things. And it's like, no, like when Josh Allen gets sacked and fumbled, it's because we just keep passing the ball and the Jets rushers kind of figure out like, hey, we don't have to worry about stopping the run. They're just continuing to pass. So let's just go ahead and just get after the pass rush here. And then suddenly the, the things start to catch up to Allen and it doesn't start seem as well. And if you again, there is the kind of if you throw the if you throw the ball, there are more bad things that can happen than running the ball. I understand that's not. I understand it's the modern Frank's Frank screaming modern NFL in this head. I'm so my my I'm itching. This is good. This is good. <laughs> but 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 I'm gonna say you need to have some balance, and especially with a quarterback who is not quite ready for for he's not a Pro Bowl quarterback right now. Let's just let's all agree on that, shall we? <clears throat> yes. Paul, no, me, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. You are going to go after me because I feel like you are going to be a rebuttal to me. And I, so I think <laughs> it's best for me to respond to Scott and then you I can did re- use Frank's name in the thing, which is you the did. that he gets to get called it's, out. It's Parliament now, right? Well, sure, sir. Sir. <laughs> you scallywag. Um, I could not. Okay. I agree 100% on the defense. We're done with that. It, they were excellent. I understand. I, I feel like your 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 commentary on the nickel uh, position is spot on. Um, holy hell, I loved that offense. Holy hell, did I love that offense? And it's great. And I'm gonna eat some. I'm gonna eat some shit pie here because I'm gonna <laughs> tell you that's exactly what I wanted to see. And I was not at all worried or threatened when they were uh, turning the ball over. One of those fumbles was because. Um, Quentin Spain and uh, who was the other guy? Um, 
Dawkins. Just, Dawkins just yeah. fucking blew the play. He was not blocking. And he, you know, 85% of quarterbacks fumble on that. And the other one, if you watch, Mitch Morse snaps the ball into his ankle. So those two I'm not worried about. Even the interceptions, the first one's definitely, like, not exactly accurate. But it's also, like, it does hit Cole Beasley in the hands. And it pops up. They were moving the football. They were executing that offense. It was a shoot-yourself-in-the-foot kind of situation with those turnovers, and it cost them all of six points. So I take issue with the categorization that, you know, quote, Sam Darnold was winning the football game. He wasn't. He couldn't do anything. He was a. He was awful. He was he, not a— he, he, I agree. Fair enough. Fair he enough. had four sacks. He threw a touchdown on the safety— on the after the safety, the the two play calls I hated were the were those two run plays. The first run play, for some reason, they're in the middle of the field and they call out their jumbo package and they send Frank Gore directly up the middle like they're trying to get six inches. Right and against they, a defense whose biggest strength is their interior line. Right. Paul and I talked about this on on Twitter a bit. I loved it because I felt like take make the pass rush. Make the defensive line one-dimensional. Only let them pass rush. Don't let them execute what they're best at. And then for some reason, they do the same thing on the goal line, which is a safety. And, and you know, I, I, look, down 16 nothing. I'm not going to tell you I thought they were going to win. I'm going to tell you I thought that they had played a good – like, I had liked the plan. I had liked the idea that – they weren't afraid of Josh Allen throwing the football. I like that after the game was over, Sean McDermott didn't belabor the point. Wow, we're lucky to have won. We've got to fix those turnovers. He talked about, and Josh Allen talked about, we knew we had to play better, but we all felt pretty good going into the second half, which is exactly how they should have felt in my mind. I loved that. I don't expect them to do that next week against the Giants. I think that that was tailored to the Jets. But I am so happy, so happy that we didn't have to fumble fuck our way through another third and manageable game. They were throwing it on two and short trying to score. They weren't trying. They, they were going for it. And it cost them, just like I said last week, it was going to cost them sometimes. There were going to be turnovers, but it was fine. It was going to be better in the long run because they were going to be able to score and Damn it, once Mosley goes out, they adjust the game plan. Singletary comes in, rips off some great runs. I guess that's a good criticism. Why wasn't he running the ball more earlier? I can I can respect that. But I loved it. I loved it, and I'm not upset that they turned the ball over. And, you know, the Jets had all the momentum, trademark Paul, and they still <laughs> scored 17 unanswered points. And now that I've invoked Paul's name, it's his turn to rebut me and and or um, go with Scott. And I, I get it, but I, I loved it. I loved this top to bottom. I did. All right. I want to get to that point like immediately, but I feel <laughs> like I need to build to this in the same way you gentlemen both did and, and conclude with that. We have to start by talking about the defense. The, the Jets had the ball for 32 minutes and got 223 yards. That is... 3.38 yards per play that they ran. That is how good this defense was. We and Jordan Poyer was all over the field, and he wasn't. He did st show up on the stat sheet. Ed Oliver was was very good in his first start, not dominant, but very good. Trent Murphy barely showed up on the stat sheet. Was Joe Biscalia's highest ranked player on the entire team after viewing the All 22 footage with what he was able to do. So 
really just exceptional job by the the defense. I also wanted to note that, um, you know, there are so many parallels between this Jets game and the second Jets game last season, except it was the inverse. Uh, the Jets made a lot of mistakes early and the Bills jumped out to a multi-score lead. But then the Bills failed on multiple opportunities, put them away, and the Jets gradually got back in the game and they win it late as a QB improves in the second half. So this filed that same script, but it was it was flipped. It was it was just reversed. Um, you know, also on the you know, the, the defensive front and Scott brought this up on Facebook and it's a good point. The Bills can very much win games like this where the defense dominates and the offense needs time to score, but it's not a long-term recipe for success. They've done it numerous times in the, the McBean era. Uh, you know, they did it last year against Tennessee, against Jacksonville, it's against Detroit. It was great that they can do it, but again, they need to really start producing on offense. One of the WGR guys gave Josh Allen an A minus for this game. And I'm like, what kind of great, you know, no. Like if you grade him an A minus, like Drew Brees' worst game is like an A plus, 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 <laughs> you know, it was, and I'm not saying, and I, and 17 I, points I, is an A minus. That's, that's, that's the yes. Answer. It was, uh, it just uh, drives me crazy. And, and this is not, uh, you know, me dissing Josh Allen in any way. It's just being a, a realist about, you know, how he played this, this game did not prove he is the franchise guy, nor did it prove like he's a turnover machine. He's never going to stop. It's a game of a second year quarterback. I think his 10th career starts. So, you know, no conclusions can be drawn, uh, you know, while we're on the offense, I just want to call out guys. We don't talk about much. Lee Smith, Tommy Sweeney made great blocks. Deion Dawkins after that terrible first drive end of that first drive that Frank mentioned, settled in and, you know, didn't allow a single pressure for the remainder of the game. And what about John Feliciano? We didn't even think this guy would be starting. We thought they'd have Ford at right guard and Secchi at right tackle. And Feliciano just did phenomenal, just mauling guys. He took an unsportsmanlike conduct after he mauled a guy and then taunted him, which I'm totally okay with. Just don't get caught, you know, <laughs> after you do that. I, I was fine with that. Um, so the offensive line general did well. Beasley and Brown, 12 catches for 163 yards in a TD between them. Brown, the first ever Bills receiver to have a 100-yard game in his debut with the team. All of those are the good things. You're like, okay, we're barely listening. Get to the point. So Frank and I were, were talking a bit on Twitter. I was, you know, talking, you know, largely is making a lot of the points that Scott was making. You need balance. This is not the way to go. It's going to put too much strain on the offensive line. Uh, and I agree with frank oh yes i have what? i have done the done heel the, turn yes <laughs> i have i have turned and i have hit scott appleton with the chair from behind on twitter his, he was singing a slightly different tune scott i'll tell you that right now he was yep. much more worried during the game yes it has changed and there are a couple reasons it's changed well there's really just one reason which is just looking at the the logic of it they asked you know, Brian Dable about, and he says, you know, you start games, you pass, set up the runner, you run to set up the pass each week is a little unique. And what he said was the way they were lining up was going to make it easier for Josh Allen one to identify the defense as it was on the field. So they did that. He was able to ID the defense is better. And also when they went in with that personnel, the jets put on the sideline, Leonard Williams, Steve McClendon and Quinnen Williams. And it were, and they stayed off the line, and the offensive line was able to control the line of scrimmage most of the game. There was the strip sack. That was it. That was the only sack. And there was not all that much pressure on Allen. There was some periodically throughout the game, but far from consistent. And I also liked it for the fact that, 
you're you take it's year two for Allen. You take the training wheels off. If you're saying we're going to call 17 straight pass plays to start the game, which is exactly what they did, then and by the way, that was in the first quarter. They ran 18 plays, so they you know they kept controlled the ball pretty well that quarter uh, when they weren't you know throwing it right to the Jets or handing it to the Jets or whatever. So yeah, the train wheels got to come off. You've got to show confidence in your QB and say we have enough confidence in you to you know. Here's 17 pass plays. Good luck. Go with this. Don't screw this up. And he screwed it up at points, but he rebounded and he had a really good game. And I also, I was, I'm reminded of a, a terrible human being and wonderful head coach named Bill Belichick. And the first time I watched him do this, you know, seven years ago or so, and I was watching him Sunday or Monday night game, the patch just through and through and through to start. And I was so upset like oh this is arrogant belichick this is him just trying to buck the trend and his hindsight is showing me like no it's him doing you know just because you've always done things a certain way and the tradition is to run this balanced attack and to use the run to set up the pass that doesn't mean how things should be and i think you can say that bill belichick's been pretty successful in his game planning as the pittsburgh steelers this week so yeah i i'm gonna go with Frank on this. And while I was admittedly on Scott's side, 100% during the game, while I was watching this and thinking this is just setting it up for disaster, which in my defense and Scott, my, my Paul Sunday defense and Scott's current defense, we weren't wrong. There was some serious, you know, there were some bad things going on when they were, uh, you know, doing the, when they were calling all pass plays with the, the turnovers, but you know, I, I, I've changed over and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say I like the play calling by Brian Dable. I, I'll Bye. also just quickly say, like, I don't want to say Josh Allen was perfect. He had some mistakes, and he was, you know, he didn't play any sort of perfect game. But I, I want to know now if he can. Because if he can, I want to I wanna do it. But if he can't, then, you know, we need to know that just as quickly. I, Go I ahead, mean- Scott. I guess I, you know, I guess I'll, I'll take that as a as a point to a certain extent um, that, you know, you want to be able to. I mean, I guess the theory would be not everyone can run the Tom Brady throw it 40 times a game offense or the Drew right. Brees or the Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even really throw it 40, 50 times a game. Like they, they fairly run the ball. They attempt to run the ball sometimes every day when they when they when Aaron Rodgers isn't calling the plays. Um, so there's only four or five guys in the league who can run that offense. Everybody else mostly gets by with a balanced offense. Like, and I, I won't say that that is always going to work. I, if you have one of those four or five guys, it doesn't really matter what kind of offense you run. By all means, run the balanced offense or the, the throw it a lot offense. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to do, you're going to do fine. But if everybody else, you have to be able to, you need to take some pressure off the quarterback. And I just don't, I don't think I understand that, you know, you want to be able to test him, but at the same point, like putting him on a test where he has to try and, you know, be Tom Brady is, is tough. You know, if we find out, we're going to know whether or not he's Tom Brady in two or three years, regardless, we don't need to start doing that. Now there's games that we can win in the meantime. So (laughs) I kind of did. Okay. Go ahead. So with that, I mean, the only thing I will say is again, like, we scored 17 points on Sunday. If Jot, like, honestly, the, I don't know that we're having a different conversation because I trust that both of you would be smart enough to realize that it doesn't come down to one throw. But I think that in a lot of the general public would be reacting, 
very differently if instead of on the last throw, John Brown doesn't turn around Josh Brown, whatever his name is, the receiver. Yeah, going to have to learn it. He's good. He's my first star. <laughs> I should know his name. Um, but if he's going to have – if he doesn't turn around at the right moment to turn around for that – people are calling it an intentional back shoulder throw. I've never seen an intentional back shoulder throw to the middle of the field. That's generally referred to as throwing to the cornerback. That's usually right. what that's called. <laughs> and if for some reason he doesn't turn around at that specific moment to look for the ball because he's thinking Allen's scrambling or whatever it is, he's not going to know that Allen's already let the ball go because he had not turned around when Allen let the ball. That was not a designed back shoulder throw. And if it was, it was completely inaccurate and thrown to the wrong part of the field because you always want to throw the back shoulder throw to the sideline because right. you don't want to risk the thing. So if he doesn't turn around for that or the Jets receiver picks it off, this is an L. We score eight points or we score 10 points, whatever the, the, the thing is. And I think we're still having this conversation, but I think there'd be a lot more questions about whether Josh Allen's on the right track here. And I feel like those would be much deserved. So I don't I understand Frank's point that you I, I don't want to say that we don't take chances with Josh Allen. We have to do that. I don't want to give him the Tyrod Taylor offense because he's not going to run it like Tyrod. We have to we do have to figure out what we have a little bit more than what the offense they're running. But uh, this this many pass plays um, is just not a recipe for success. And I, I, I don't think that and, – and so that – I think I'll just – we can stop there. I mean, if we want to continue talking about Allen himself and how he played, that's to a certain extent a separate conversation rather than just what do we need to do this season, I guess. Right. I, I, think, that's, I think that's fair to a, a large extent. I just – I, I think we need to know if he's Tom Brady now or if, not Tom Brady. I think that's an unfair comparison. But is he a quarterback you can count on to win football games? And you know what? You don't even have to go through all that. If the Jets have a better kicker, we might be in a different position, right? Like it yeah. might be just if, uh, you know, we're in a different spot completely with regards to that. So and they will have another kicker by the time we play them. Because by the they time they play today. it again, right. Yeah. But I or, think that. Or if, or if the, the other Allen interception doesn't get waved off by a defensive holding away from mm -hmm. the play. Or Marcus May catches the other interception that Allen almost threw. Yep. That was basically right to him. So that's a, a little different because I think that affects the, the, his grade. There but, would have been more. There would have been. Well, I mean, that's to me, I'm factoring that into my grade. Like, okay. Yeah, those two interceptions that he did throw were a little bit BS because it was a tip. It was basically two tips. But there are other, two other ones that were pretty much dead to rights, like never should have either should have never thrown it or wasn't in the right. Box. So. OK, that's fine. Um, well, let's get to your grades. I think that we could we could spend a lot of time on this going back and forth. And I think that your point is right that we'll find out soon enough what, what the deal is. But for today, we get to learn with a win instead of learn with a loss. So uh, give us your three stars and we will tell you what we think of them before we move on to the other stuff in the division. So I will say uh, honorable mention to, uh, to uh, Devin Singletary. It's a, it's a unique experience to get like a rookie of, this close like and really for not that much i mean he only had like nine touches but you know 98 yards and was the the straw that stirred the drink on the the second to last or the last touchdown drive mm -hmm. it really was but really again with some some great runs and um very glad that i picked him up in my fantasy league let's just put it that way that was a he was like the 14th or 15th round pick for me 
is like second to the end before the kickers in defense. And I'm very <laughs> glad that I did that because he's getting a lot of touches. Hopefully right. he gets lots of touches next week. I'll just put that out there. Um, <laughs> That'd you, be nice. you wanted more than four I carries for 70 yards. Maybe, maybe six carries for 90 yards would be better. You know, yeah, next yeah, week. Just yeah. a little bit, just maybe a touchdown here or there, maybe mm-hmm. some of that. Anyway. Um, so let's go to, to third star goes to uh, Jermaine Crowder, who was borderline uncoverable. Um, I mean, <laughs> 14 catches, 99 yards on 17 targets. Yeah, technically that's three misses, but boy, it didn't really seem like we could stick with him. And again, like not a lot of game-breaking huge plays, but, you know, there's a, there's something to be said for just being able to consistently get open and catch the ball. And if the Jets had won this game, and it was very clear that they could have, um, mm-hmm. you know, he would he would probably be a little higher than the first star level there. Uh, but he wasn't because the Bills won. Um, your second star goes to to uh, who was he? Oh, Jerry Hughes, who's on the Bills. He plays defensive end, mm-hmm. and he had uh, he had one and a half sacks. And I think Trent Murphy also did a great job. Again, you got to give the defense credibility or credit. Uh, the, like Paul was saying, Murphy had a good game. Um, you know, the the Phillips and and the Phillipses. Is Jordan Phillips? Did he get hurt? I thought I heard that. No, he was he was fine. I think Johnson, Taron Johnson, was the only injury. They did do some interesting rotation, which you know we can always talk about another time. But they usually wholesale subbed in their defensive linemen, and instead they started mixing and matching. So you had points where uh, Harrison Phillips was alongside Ed Oliver, which is probably why you thought uh, you know Jordan might have been injured or something. Yeah, that, that was probably it. yeah. But anyway, so that was. That was so anyway, but but Jerry Jerry Hughes obviously gets the gets the sacks and that's 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 how you get in the three stars. It's not always just how you play, it's what shows up on the statue. Um and then your first star goes to we already we already said it, John Brown. Mm-hmm. Again, first game is Bill, seven catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown, including the game winner. Um again, like I was saying, if he doesn't turn around at the right time and then have the concentration to I mean the Jets guy was kind of draped all over him. Uh, he was falling. The Jets guy was falling down, which in some ways makes it a little easier to make the catch, but in other ways it makes it harder because you have to like get a, physically get around the guy, and then to have the presence of mind to then stay on your feet, get to the end zone, and basically win the game. Um, you know, that's. I think that is something that it, again we were wondering about the wide receivers this year. Um, you know, to a certain extent, how much would they be able to change what Allen brings to the table? I think John Brown clearly does that. I think. We're all a little disappointed that Cole Beasley kind of had some of the drops that he did. Um, obviously, there was the great one that Allen threw kind of pretty much in the bucket on those last drives. That yeah. Um, and then obviously the one that turned into the interception. But, you know, you would think that at some point those will, those will even out a little bit. But John Brown, I think, was someone we, we saw in training camp do a really good job. And I think that'll be a good connection this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing that going forward, too. Yeah, I mean, those are good. I do want to point out one good thing, which is even though uh, Crowder was an honorable mention. He did become the only, this is, this is true. The only wide receiver in NFL history to have 14 catches and not make it to a hundred yards. So that has actually not happened before. That's great. It has never happened. So, uh, kudos to the bills defenders for, even though they were, he was beating them underneath, they were keeping them underneath. They weren't letting them break it free. He's known for being good run after the catch guy. Uh, and they were able to contain that. And then, I want to give an I hate giving honorable mentions to Jets, but I don't think we've even mentioned C.J. Mosley. Holy hell! Yeah, was who might he, be the uh, other? Yeah, might be the other. Were, if he played the whole game, he's a star. No, no matter what, he he ended up being out after two and a half quarters. 
uh, or two and three quarter quarters, if you will. And mind you, I don't think it's any coincidence that Devin Singletary was able to get some uh, production after the Jets became incompetent, you know, trying to set the edge in his absence. So I, even though he's probably not worthy of a star because he didn't play the whole game, he was arguably the star of the game until he got hurt and left. Yeah. Agreed. Well, there, okay. Well, thank you for th- our first, that's our, I want to point out, that's our first three stars of the, of the year. Yeah. We're in, mm-hmm. we're in, this is all real. Now the games count, the stars count, the, this day in Bill's history finally counts. You know, what mm-hmm. might not count is the, Miami Dolphins because they got blown the frack out 59 to 10. Uh, by the way, Scorigami never happened before. Never happened before. It was, it was, amazing. Amazing. Only Scorigami from this past weekend. Well, there. Well, that's. I mean, we're getting. It's harder and harder. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, fourteen of twenty-nine for one hundred and eighty-five yards. Josh Rosen saw uh, three attempts. Uh, I can't imagine. I can't believe he didn't get more than three attempts down as much as they were down. Um, so the closest it was was zero zero. They they got to forty two ten. Um, but Lamar Jackson, I mean three hundred and twenty four yards, five touchdowns, as one hundred and fifty eight point three QB rating. Um, and I think, you know, we can ask the question, is this more about the Ravens or the, the Dolphins? It's always a bit of both, but I'd say this is this might be evidence of how truly awful the Dolphins are. Also evidence is that reports of players contacting their agents, multiple players contacting their agents saying, get me off this team. Um, thoughts on how bad the Dolphins are before we go to the, the bigger division story, or are we just going to revel in this? Which, by the way, just became bigger, um, as I, I saw on Twitter. Um, but we will get to that in a moment. Boy. But yeah, the Dolphins are going to be terrible and the Bills and everyone in the league should be able to take advantage of this. I feel every game in the league, you know, you've got to be careful. Yeah, you don't think the Dolphins are going to go winless despite their their problems. But the Bills really should sweep this team this year and that should give them two easy wins. OK, yeah, I think it just I mean, Say what you want about arguments and offense and, and what happened in terms of the Bills winning this game, but they did win this game. And given that yep. the Dolphins are going to be one and fifteen, the Jets and the Bills mm. therefore will get to at least some wins off of those teams, and they're going to have to play the Patriots. So the Jets and the Bills once again will be fighting out for for second place and potentially a wild card here. So it's pretty critical that we won that game on Sunday. So I'm glad that, that happened. As much as I get concerned about how we got there. Um, I, I just saw what Paul was tweeting or talking about. Um, so let's, let's start chronologically. Um, Antonio Brown, uh, wide receiver for the former Steelers, then traded to the Raiders, then couldn't find a helmet, but promised he was going to try really hard to be a good, you know, guy for the Raiders, uh, went into the GM's office allegedly and picked a fight with the GM and then complained on Instagram. And then he was released on ceremony, you know, just with no, no punishment, just let out of his contract. And hours later, as in like, I can't even believe you could get a contract together that fast soon. He was on the new England Patriots for one year. Um, because that almost certainly was the plan from the beginning. I mean, right. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I, I like, I obviously don't know that, but that all smells like, the plan was, I really want to be on the Patriots. There was no way the Steelers were going to trade me to the Patriots. But if I make a big enough stink, maybe the, maybe I can get there. Um, and he did, and he's there. And in one regard, um, 
it doesn't really change anything for the Buffalo Bills because New England was probably head and shoulders above them anyway, and now they're head and shoulders above them. So, like, does it affect the bottom line for the Bills? Probably not. Does it affect the bottom line for the league? Sure. But plot twist, uh, and this <laughs> might be this might be news to you, Scott. Um, Antonio. It was Brown... news to me until ten minutes yeah, ago when I just I want I want to make sure we didn't get any other Twitter questions. No, this I'm was like, just posted. Um, Antonio Brown accused of raping his former trainer. Brown is accused of three separate incidents of sexual assault and rape against Brittany Taylor, a gymnast he met while attending Central Michigan and later hired as his trainer. They were made in a lawsuit filed Tuesday in federal court. Uh, the suit alleged that two incidents occurred in June 2017 and another in May 2018. He's accused of exposing himself to t- exposing himself to Taylor, kissing her without consent. In the second incident, he allegedly, wow, okay, masturbated behind her while she was watching TV in his home and ejaculated on her back. Um, wow, this podcast got graphic. And then in on May 2018. 20th, 2018, the lawsuit alleges that he pushed Taylor's face into a mattress and forcibly raped her. Um, and now Antonio Brown is saying he intends to countersue his accuser for civil extortion. Yeah. That happened within like the last 30 seconds. So develop a breaking news on this podcast. Any sexual interaction with Mr. Brown was entirely consensual and that Brown has declined an invitation to invest $1.6 in the accuser's business. And he's saying, well, I told her not to do this. Now, uh, lawsuit in federal court in Florida. Um, this isn't state court. Federal court, I mean, we don't really, one's not more important than the other. I'll tell you that it's a little, it gets a little uh, more serious in federal court than state court sometimes. Um, so this is like, I don't even know how to respond to this. I was just ready to complain about the Patriots always getting what they wanted. Um, but, and and also, you know, could we put aside the Patriot way, um, you know, mantra, because they certainly don't seem to care that this guy was a locker room problem. This might change everything. I wonder if he had a head. I mean, I don't think this came out of nowhere, right? Like, right. You generally hear something about this before, you know, you're, if you, if you've got lawyers and handlers and stuff, you probably would have heard something. So I wonder if, he went into this entire endeavor knowing that this was maybe coming down the line. Um, I will go to Paul, who's had seconds more than Scott to digest, <laughs> uh, to give Scott a few seconds more to kind of do what he can to try. And yeah. So on the, on, the, on the football news front, let's pretend for a moment this didn't happen and then we'll we'll acknowledge it happened so on the didn't happen front can the patriots turn around antonio brown as i said on saturday when the raiders cut him and speculated that the pats might sign him uh because everyone else was jokingly doing it then you know yes they he absolutely is is capable of turning around we've seen it with randy moss we've seen it with others we also have seen the uh, josh gordon most recently we've also seen the patriots fail to do certain players too and even randy moss eventually got to a point where he was unsalvageable yeah josh gordon um so they've just done they've done a lot of of good things and been able to turn some of these poor poor, or these uh problem children if you will around so you know it's fully possible it happens but it doesn't mean it will and if he does anything to run afoul with pat's regime you can be sure he's gone so we'll see if patriots management is able to better keep him under control than Raiders management was. And I would not expect them to publicly talk about Antonio 
much. I think they're going to try and keep stuff under wraps better than Mike Mayock was able to. This thing is happening and it is existing. And I have to imagine that due to the nature of it, there will be a commissioner's investigation. He will probably be put on a reserve suspended list before he plays a game with them this year. And then the Patriots will decide, do they want to take a flyer and keep him on the reserve suspended list while the investigation is going on? Or, you know what, the Bills have one player right now, Tyrell Dodson, on the reserved suspended list for a domestic issue. So, you know, I, I would foresee that happening to Brown. So it's 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 shocking developments all around. And um, if he does play for the Patriots, I have I have little doubt that he can be a, a force and that, you know, it'll just be it'll just essentially hand the Patriots a division in a lot of ways. But uh, hey, now now we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll just stick to sports. I'll stick to the football. I mean, because I, you know, I don't want to speculate about the. Obviously, it's a very important allegation, and no reason right. to to reduce it to something that just impacts football games. Uh, not that, not that that's necessarily wrong. I just don't want to do it. Okay. Um, it's just, it's, um, it's, uh, it's. I think Antonio Brown is, it's frustrating that this happened as a bills fan because it is kind of it is kind of like the the lucy pulling the football like you could kind of see like the patriots having problems this year without gronkowski you know this kind of weird receiver set where it was going to be like philip dorsett and demarius thomas who's probably past his prime but that's never stopped brady from pulling people out of past their prime ages before um and similar kind of, you know, guys off the trash even they still have Edelman or Amendola, one of the two. Edelman. Yeah. But he got, but, you know, maybe, you know, some of these guys have been injuries histories. I think he has. Um, so it's, you could kind of see that maybe being an issue, but then of course they get Antonio Brown and then it's like, well, that's not an issue anymore. Um, and that's like the one thing that they really needed to kind of put the team back together. Cause clearly as they saw on Sunday night, the defense is fine. I mean, admittedly the Steelers, who knows what they're, Offense looks like now where it's just Ben Roethlisberger, James mm-hmm. Conner, the Schuster, so that's probably part of it as well. Um, but anyway, I mean, I think I think they're gonna be a, I think they're gonna be fine regardless. We still got to give them the division unless Josh Allen suddenly starts getting a lot better quickly. Um, not that he's not, not that he can't get the Bills to the playoffs. I think based on what this team looked like on Sunday, um, if he, he, assuming that it's going to get better from here. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that the Patriots were going to be ahead of this, um, be be benefiting from this uh, in terms of Antonio Brown joining the team. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens with the suspension and stuff. But, but I think that's, you know, whatever. It's the Patriots, man. Whatever. Yeah, I, I would only I mean, I, I don't want to say that they would have signed him knowing he was a rapist. But I will say, just in briefly to Paul's point about fixing problem children, I don't think they really care about fixing problem children. I think they look at talented players and they say, we're not really worried too much about the fact that you, you know, are a, a problem in the Oakland Raiders uh, thing. We're, we're just going to assume that, you know, once you're here, you're going to be fine. Um, I think that they've been getting a lot of credit for a lot of time about um, sort of like fixing things and, and ha- you know, I'll say this, if, tw- if thir- any of 30 other teams signed him, 
he would they we would all be laughing at like I can't believe you you did that I can't believe right only the Patriots get the benefit of the doubt um, yeah you know is. and it's funny because like if, if really we like every team should be going well he's a talented guy and didn't want to be in Oakland and if he wants to be here then I should be trying to pay him and you know he clearly didn't want to be in Buffalo and I can't tell if I'm, I'm thinking we probably dodged at least an emotional bullet with the idea that he didn't um you know throw a temper tantrum in Buffalo just to go to New England I think that might have put the knife in just a little bit harder for us yeah, um, it was, yeah so it's good that Buffalo did not uh sign because they would have just been going through well I don't know if McDermott would have like it in McBean or Brandon Bean would have like, yeah, his hand is mayocted, but it was still uh, right. Still would have been I, I, right. I think there's a chance with Buffalo, he's sitting and they're going, all right, well, you can sit there because we're not cutting you, sure. um, and letting you go to New England. We're gonna trade you for a seventh round pick to anybody. Um, but anyway, let's. You know what? We're at 40 minutes. We should move on. Um, and uh, we will see how that all plays out. And um, certainly, I hope, however, the NFL and, and the courts handle his situation, it gets handled uh correctly and justice is served whatever that means since i don't know anything about this case um let's move on to our twitter listener questions and facebook questions paul uh if you could get us started on that and then we'll go to this day in bill's history and then we'll finish up with the bills and giants preview you got it all right so uh reza asks uh how how can the offense you know can wake up and learn fast uh yeah so I think one, you know, we address the offense a lot. I think the biggest thing for them is they've shown they've shown they're willing to give Josh Allen the keys and see what the heck happens, whether he crashes the car or lets it run. Um, they did show that they have a much better offensive line than next year. So, uh, Brian Dable, you know, work your magic and, you know, see what you can do to, you know, prepare a winning game plan every week because he does have, as Scott brought up, John Brown is number one star. Uh, they've got some talent now, so let's, let's, I think it's there. That's the good news. Now, what can they do to maximize it? Scott, any thoughts on that or? No. All right. Same here. Uh, let's go to the next question. All right. We have Steven's uh, gamut of questions here, which by the way, I've pasted into my Microsoft word document. So I don't blow this up by being on tweet deck. Uh, Look at you. While we're on Skype. Okay. Seven years uh, in putting things together. And it's, yeah, yeah, that's about my usual learning curve. All right, Stephen, wondering why they waited so long to get Singletary involved, especially when they figured he was good enough to let McCoy go. We've already talked about really from the Dable play calling aspect and just a while to get to him. Mm -hmm. I also read that one of the things was that they had a couple plays called to him early, but when Josh saw a certain set, they switched out of it. And then uh, no real excuse in the second quarter. They should have gotten him involved then. But I think when Mosley went out and, as we mentioned, the Jets really had no presence on the edge anymore. I think that's when they saw it and decided to, to strike to ease him into the game. But I kind of agree, Stephen. I feel like they should have gotten him involved. And, and Scott mentioned this, too, a little bit sooner than, you know, he had, what, one touch before the, in the first half. You got to get him more involved than that. So apparently the Patriots have also traded Demarius Thomas to the Jets. Right. So I didn't. I wasn't tracking that. Oh yeah, that's part of the that's part of the deal. Um, yeah, because then that frees up the rest of spot for Antonio Brown, who may not have, be on the roster anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I think, and that's the other thing I was noting too is that it seemed like the way they were using Singletary was how you would want to use. Like I understand they were like, oh, Singletary can catch, so we can use him 
and all three downs now, but like McCoy could also catch. Like that was the one thing that McCoy was probably just as good as like, that was where he has the, the least amount of concerns going in. So the way they were using him on going on didn't make a lot of sense. Obviously at the end of the game, you could see that that Singletary had better kind of acceleration and vision, at least better acceleration. Maybe McCoy mm-hmm. still had vision, but he had better acceleration um, than McCoy did. And that's why you, you move on from him. But it's kind of like, yeah, it was the, the play calling was odd as we already mentioned. All right. Frank, any thoughts? No, on that? no, I, right. I think, I think you will see Devin Singletary used more going forward. And so there you go. All right. All right. Uh, with a few exceptions, for example, Dawkins getting embarrassed on the strip sack. I thought the offensive line played well, saw very little pressure on Allen. I think that's something we unanimously agree on. Why was Ford pulled? Now, this is a good good question because we, we glossed over. We didn't really go into it much. We've learned in the preseason, really, and what we've heard in practice, that Ford really struggles with these speed rushes. He's just got slower feet, and that's led to some issues with him at tackle. Though, when asked about it, Sean McDermott said, you know, him being removed from the game didn't have to do with performance, and it was their plan to rotate. Now, I buy half of that. I believe they did plan to rotate because they were rotating a bit in the first half as well. But after that first TD drive that they had in the third quarter, they left Inseki in for the rest of the game after that. I feel like they thought, hmm, we finally have things going. We, you know, this seems to be our best, you know, putting a hat on a hat, having Inseki out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to stick with him. So uh, I think you're going to have to, you know, the only way to figure out how Ford is going to improve as a pass blocker is to get him out there. And so I would expect him to be continued to be rotated in when the opportunity arises. And he is still an excellent run blocker uh, when you look at the grades from this past weekend. But, uh, you know, I think they pulled him because they really wanted to win the game. <laughs> and I think they felt Inseki at that time gave him the best chance. Um, I, I, that is as good a reason as any that I could come up with because I am not I – did, I did want to say that I saw that they were talking about rotating. So we could take Coach at his word. It is, and, it is, it is odd, though, that they left Feliciano in and didn't, yes. didn't move forward to guard. It's, that's, I mean, I understand, like – it's kind yeah, of weird. They're like, well, some rotation is fine, but not Feliciano out. Like, that's right. weird. I wonder if it's a matchup thing, that. too. Maybe they just like the way Feliciano matched up against the Jets interior. I, I'm just spitballing. I have not read yeah. anything to that. Mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye on, certainly, because it's kind yeah. of like if Nseki is better than him and he can't beat out Feliciano at guard, then I'm a little concerned. But mm-hmm. well, it's early. It's early. Yeah, I think the only they all played good games. Generally, four grade out a little lower. Spain didn't grade very well. Otherwise, Morris and Seki Feliciano graded out well on the three grading systems I reviewed. Um, I did not grade them myself. I feel the need to put that out there. Um, <laughs> Ed Oliver didn't show much on the stat sheet, but most reports I've said uh, I've seen said he had a big impact. What did you all think? I've gone first twice. So Scott, what did you think of Ed Oliver this game? Uh, so I was actually listening to the game on the radio. So I was, I've, yeah. I've heard that he got good push and that he was in, he was involved in the kind of general harassment of Sam Darnold and he got close once or twice. So I think that's all like, that's the thing. Like as long as he's pushing pressure and, and doing a good job and, and other people get the sacks, that's fine. That's, 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 and you move the quarterback off the spot. That's, that's, he's doing his job. I, I will take, 
plenty of that. And Jerry Hughes has plenty of good seasons where that was mostly what he was doing. So, um, I, you know, it's a win and the defensive line did the jets were mostly held to eight points on offense. So I, or yeah, eight points on offense. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I like that answer. All right. I, I agree. I did look at, uh, you know, I did uh, kudos to cover one in yards per pass. They highlight some footage of Ed Oliver blowing up a lineman into Donald's face on multiple plays. And I think the fact that, you know, he's the only new starter on D and yet he was on the field for 47 out of 72 snaps, more than any other defensive tackle. Uh, I think that that speaks volumes. Uh, Steven also notes Darnold didn't come through in the end three times. At least his receivers got behind the Bills secondary twice. He threw and let the DB recover under threw and let the DB recover the other time he overthrew. And yeah, he's taking a beating in the New York media. I don't What'd you guys think about Darnold's game? Frank, what did you, any thoughts on it? Um, I think that he ran into a very tough Bills defense. And I think that he will have better success against other games. He completed 68% of his passes. It wasn't like he was inaccurate, but he was, uh, they kept him in check. They kept everything in front of them. He wasn't able to break free or break loose. And that includes, you know, um, Le'Veon Bell getting 90 yards on the ground. So all that run to set up the pass didn't help them. And, you know, so that's what I think. Also, you know, he can bite me because he plays for the Jets. Scott, um, no, I yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really, couldn't really follow too well how Darnold was playing. It did seem like they were trying to keep it somewhat conservative, and on some level, it would make sense if the other team is destructing, self-destructing in front of you to just kind of let them. But uh, obviously, it did come back to bite them. Yep, I agree. I think I, I still think Darnold's going to be a good quarterback someday. Sunday was not that day, and the bill he didn't come through when they needed it. Um, yeah. And I think that was, um, yeah, oh yeah. What, two more, two more points quickly, um, for Steven, go ahead, Frank. No, that was Scott has oh, something sorry, to Scott, say. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying there's one Facebook that we did get but more of a comment, but we'll right. give us that comment. Yeah. Break no, it we, we'll, and then we'll get back to Steven. Okay. All right. This is a brief interlude in our Steven questions. <laughs> from um, and this is in response to the question of what is your stance on Josh Allen based on the, the article? which I don't know if you guys read the Barnwell article. And again, like Barnwell, like I usually like enjoy reading and he had some good, good takes in this. He again thought that that throw was intentional to Josh, to John Brown, which I disagree with, but he did end by saying like bills have a competent offense and the 2018 version of their defense, they are quote, an extremely viable wildcard team. So I like to that. Extremely but, um, viable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's right. Kind of a weird phrasing, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, viable is functionally either a pregnant or not, kind of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel about viable. Like, you're either viable or not. You're not extremely viable. I don't know. I feel like I've seen some people who are extremely pregnant, but. Um, <laughs> anyway, Brian's stance on Josh Allen is he's is wait and see, which is, I'm going to say Brian's kind of trying to walk a thin line here just saying make a call brian <laughs> i'm not gonna bite your heads off clearly like we're still friends with frank even though he's wrong about the whole running and passing thing um, <laughs> and now paul's also wrong about yeah, it no, I, I, yeah what happened to sunday paul he was the one who was was on board <laughs> he with was that. cool yeah yeah um, <laughs> he, he was cool what up <laughs> i'm through this a, tuesday paul i'm you not a chicken you. you're a turkey <laughs> kind of <laughs> Brian's stance is wait and see. I'd rather have him improve incrementally than worry about the win-loss ratio. I still doubt he will be the real deal. 
but I'm open to the possibility. Fingers crossed. I, I, I like Brian's take and I, on, on Alan, like I'm open to the possibility. He did look better at in parts on Sunday when he seemed to be getting in rhythm again. Like, I don't want to overstate it. It is the jets. Um, and they did end up only putting up 16 points on the board. And there were some really terrible things that he did do, but you know, it's kind of, I, I, there's a question in my head of like, if he turns into Ryan Fitzpatrick and can run, is that good enough? And I'm like, maybe. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has never really run it, won anything, but if he ran, he might be able to. I don't know. Anyway, that's a story for another podcast. All right, back to Paul. All right. So uh, that segues nicely into. Uh, we'll go into Stephen's last question before we go to his second last question. He says, I'm always rooting for Fitzpatrick, hoping he'll get, it seems like an appropriate segue, hoping he'll get back to the playoffs at least once before he retires. I don't think it's going to be this season, not with that defense, maybe next year. Yeah, the Dolphins are in rough shape right now. I'm almost hoping that they commit to Rosen, cut Fitz, he goes to be a backup for an NFC playoff team and then gets some playing time in the playoffs. Because let's be honest, Fitz really deserves that playoff spot. Like, there have been far, far worse quarterbacks for their team and his performers generally who've made the playoffs when Fitz hasn't. So I guess. But. <laughs> I don't know if I care that much. All right, I care. I think I'm with, I think I'm with Scott. Steven, like I, I, my I window for caring about Fitzpatrick is... I mean, I'd be happy for him, but I'm, I'm also kind of done. Like, All I don't, right, really, need, I don't really need to see it. Fine. And then the uh, last question he said, Singletary was fun to watch. He needs to learn how to hold the ball when he runs, especially when he's about to get hit. It was way out from his body. And I don't know. Did you guys notice that at all? You know who else does that is LaShawn McCoy. Sean. So <laughs> I don't really like Steven can. Sorry, Steven, you sound like an old man now. So oh, see, I, I did notice, though, on the Bills final series when they were trying to run the clock, it was no surprise to me that Gore was out there for that reason. Like, why kill the kid's confidence? Why kill Singletary's confidence and risk having him fumble away the game in his first NFL game? So I That's was totally OK. With I, I also noticed that, too, and I felt the same way. I thought, you know, this is a great reason to have Gore. You're not interested in yards as much as you are killing the clock. So um, awesomeness. Agreed. Yeah. All right. That was that was it for uh, Facebook and Twitter questions. Would you like to do the Giants preview and end on this day in Bills history, or I, I'm trying to give you a rest if you need one? Yeah, but sure. You... A rest would be good. I will I will rest my voice for listeners to hear me. Let's do the Giants preview, and then we'll I'll give the last preview prediction for that, and then I'll segue into the the headlines. Okay. Bills Giants odds, which is so the New York Giants lost to the. Um, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. I think they t- had an early lead, and then it and then it all fell apart on them. I'm trying to find the odds the, here. The, the, uh, I saw I saw 27-24. Um, the is the predicted score. The Bills are negative two and a half. So they're they're yeah, they're favorites. I think I, saw, I think I saw Bills by one and a half. Earlier. Right. So they're favorites, but but the but the money line predicts the job. I don't know. It's fucking stupid. Odds are dumb. Because they're not really, but the point is, it's they're they're a slight favorite on the road against a bad Giants team. Um, you know, Eli Manning was Eli Manning. Uh, there's not a lot going on in New York right now. the The Bills will, of course, have had the the distinct advantage of already having played in the Meadowlands. So that's good, or whatever they call it now. It's not the Meadowlands anymore. Yeah, uh, MetLife Stadium, but I'll always call it the Meadowlands. Right, MetLife Stadium. Um, and so the, it'll kind of be like a home game for them in that they've already played there. Um, Bills 
I think if you if you had to pick a game that they were going to win, they definitely won. We didn't actually talk about this. The much more important game against the Jets because it's a conference and division game. So that's huge. Um, and they, we, by the way, we did all pick the Bills to beat the Jets in a close game. So kudos to the three of us for for that. Very nice. I think um, I don't know too much about the Giants, but I think. Look, if I'm honest and I think that the Bills had a good game plan and they have a good team and that they were mostly tripping over themselves, I'm going to say that they're not going to trip over themselves as much this week. And I think they're going to beat the Giants. I think the Giants are not a very good team. I think the Bills defense ought to be able to smother their offense pretty easily. And from there, uh, you get the Bills kind of doing what they did this week, but maybe with a little more efficiency. So I think this time let's let's give. Let's give the 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 Giants 16 points and let's give the Bills 26. I think the Bills can win by by more than a touchdown against New York uh, and, and beat up on a struggling team. Scott, do you or Paul, you first and then Scott, so you can get your your final break in. Sure, I think this is this is a should win game for the Bills. They are favored on the road against the Giants, who they have not beaten since Jim Fassel was the head coach in the early 20 aughts, and you know Eric Moles was making catches for Buffalo in that game. So. It's a game they should win. The Giants' one real threat is Saquon Barkley. And don't get me wrong, he is a real threat. I think he will have a good day next week just because he has a good day every week uh, that he plays, essentially. But against the Bills' defense, I think he'll not have as good a day as he did against the Cowboys and as good a day as he had against many of the opponents he played in his rookie year. And so with that in mind, I'm going to give this one to the Bills. I'll say the defense shines, the offense does enough, and I will also predict a 10-point victory, 20-10. to 10. Uh, I think it's going to be a little closer. Uh, I will say that uh, the, the Giants were able to move the ball fairly successful against the Cowboys. You do have a pretty good set of linebackers with Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, and you know, a, a is fairly decent kind of defense overall. Not not super good, obviously, because they gave up 17 points to the Giants, who are not that great. But the Giants were at least able to move the ball with Manning throwing for 300 yards, and Barkley had 120 yards on 11 carries, which is boy, that's pretty good. Um, but so I think how the game plays out is that both teams are able to move the ball fairly well. I think some some red zone stops, hopefully for the Bills, will will be the difference in this game. I will also pick the Bills to win this game. I will say the Bills get, I will say 28, and I will put the Giants at something like, why don't we say 20? So a little bit tighter than you guys, but pretty much tight all the way, and, 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 you know, we'll see what happens. That's what she said. (laughs) <laughs> and here we all are picking the buffalo bills to go two and oh which I, that can't have ever happened i mean we haven't tracked it every year but there's no way that we yeah that i i'm sure that someone here has picked them to go two and oh right and but not all three of us two and oh all yeah. three of us together that's quite that's quite the deal so you know i, I it's the era of unbridled optimism i suppose here in in out in uh, the Washington, the greater Washington D.C. area, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, the uh, yeah, I think that let let's do this. Let's go to this day in Bills history, and then we'll get out of here. Um, and we'll uh, we'll uh, go from there. All right, that sounds like a great plan. 
So I will. Uh, I think you guys are going to do well this week. That's that's my opinion. There are so there's a couple in here which I'd be surprised on, but uh, I, th- I think you're going to do okay. So we're going to go back to September 10th. We're going to do two headlines from 2018. I'm also going to recite several other 2018 headlines because holy hell! All right, um, this one should be really easy. Uh, if you remember last week, blank stinks it up as bills creamed by ravens. Oh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Remember last week's This Day in Bills headlines was Mike Hyde says Nathan Peterman is mentally ready to be the Bills starting QB. Okay. All right. He just, wasn't, he just wasn't physically. He wasn't physically ready, or yeah. Talently. Or emotionally or, or, yeah, really any other way. <laughs> but his brain was fine. All right. Headline number two from 2018. Blank inactive for Buffalo Bills in opener versus Baltimore Ravens. Says Philip Gaines, who, by the way, signed with the Texans, Texans during this podcast, will start in place of blank, who the Bills signed in free agency this past offseason. He has been on Buffalo's first team defense throughout training camp and the preseason. Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis. That's good. I yeah. didn't want to pick it up. He would play one half of a game for the Bills the next week, and then you would have gotten it immediately. Uh, before I get to the 2017 question, some other hilarious 2018 headlines. It was one of the worst days in history for the Bills. Uh, Edmonds impresses an otherwise dismal opener, so that was good. Bills' Josh Allen proves he's already a better quarterback than Nathan Peterman. Buffalo Bills wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin was bad versus Ravens and owned it. And then my favorite, legitimate chance Buffalo Bills may be the worst NFL team we've seen this decade. So suck on that, whoever wrote that headline. They were totally <laughs> and entirely mediocre last year. Is 6-10 and, is six and ten gets. A perfectly good 6-10 and ten team. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, this will be a tougher one, I think. We'll see how good you guys' memory are. 2017, offensive coordinator Blank will bring Bills into NFL's pass-happy era. What year is this? 2017. He was a one-year offensive coordinator for the Bills. He'd been previously the— Or Dable. Yeah, it was— yeah, um, so it's, It was after Roman. Right? It was after Roman, so you've got right. to get that that guy, that guy— It was after the, Anthony Lynn, too. It wasn't Anthony yeah. Lynn. Because he was, so when, it, yeah, went Lynn, it was then the, Roman. No, went Roman, then Lynn, then this guy, then Dable. So it's the guy. It's the guy that McDermott brings in. I can't remember his name, and I remember not liking him. Dennison. Just, right. What was that, Scott? Dennison. Dennison. Rick Dennison. Rick very Dennison. good. He is now yeah. the uh, offensive line run game coordinator for Minnesota this year after being in the same role with the Jets last year. All right, 2016. Bills add kickoff guy blank to roster with matchup against Devin Hester looming. Bills hmm. kickoff specialist. 2016. Yep. They, this guy was on and off the roster, I think, for about three seasons, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Whenever they need a kickoff specialist, they would sign him. Oh. Not uh, the gadget receiver. That Rex so, Ryan. No, no, I think I think no. you mean the kickoff, the guy kicking the ball, right, Paul? Guy kicking the ball, yep. Oh, oh, the other way. The long leg, the big leg. Chrissy, give me the big leg. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Gay was. Yes, the you got it. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. don't, don't overthink right. it. You got it. You nailed. I think he's the punter. Okay, that's right. All right, you got no no pressure. <laughs> but you guys are four for four so far, and this you'll be about to be five for five. <laughs> Bills confer. Bills confirm agreement reached with blank. To buy franchise. Oh, uh, oh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> no. Um, 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 All right. We're Terry just, Pagula. There yeah. you go. Yes. Terry <laughs> Pagula submit aggressive $1.4 billion bid to acquire Bill's franchise. 
I will read two other headlines from this day, and then we will not acknowledge them and move on. Source, Bon Jovi Group bid $1.05 billion and could have gone higher. And <clears throat> it was my great honor to have the opportunity to bid on the Buffalo Bills football team, billionaire developer Donald Trump declared in a statement. A large part of the reason for my bid was to ensure the team remained in Buffalo. Moving on. No comment. <laughs> yep. Bill's defensive end blank frustrated after inauspicious <laughs> debut. Says he was credited with just one tackle on the Bills 48-28 loss to the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. He hit Mark Sanchez just once after the Jets QB had released the ball. 2012. 2012. Defensive end. Mm-hmm. Pre-Mario. Oh, is it... Um... Hey, Scott, think about this. When was Mario signed again? <laughs> I don't know. It was That's 2012. I yeah, I, I didn't need to give it up. But I mean, once you said, well, it was before. No, Mario Mario came that year. It was his first game. He complained about the replacement. I, I, I can't count that as a win because I didn't actually get it. I think it counts. Well, but he, he gave it to you, so. Yeah, I, I have the awards. Now now it's probably about to end, but we'll, we'll see. 2010, okay. Bills placed linebacker blank on season-ending IR. Blank was hurt in practice on Wednesday. He missed the final 11 games of last season with a torn quadriceps muscle. Sean Merriman? No, or, no. But a good Kavika guess. Mitchell. He was on the team in that year. So. Kavika Mitchell. Kavika Mitchell. Yes. I knew it was one of them. <laughs> you guys, keep on flowing. All right. 2008, Bill's wide receiver Blank misses practice with sore ribs. Says Coach 2008 Dick- wide receiver Yep. Sore ribs. That's what yep. we got. Yeah, I can give you more. Said Dick Duron didn't provide mm-hmm. any details on the injuries or his status for Buffalo's game at Jacksonville on Sunday. He'd only say that he will be reevaluated on Thursday. This headline should help you. This other headline from that day should help you, though. Which Wait, is... let me let me let me let me take okay. a stab at it first here. Was it David Nelson? It was not. This was slightly pre-David Nelson. Okay. I got there in 09 or 20. All right, give me the give me because I I felt right. good about David Nelson. There was one other headline involving this player that week, and it was blank named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Roscoe Parrish. Roscoe Parrish. Good job, guys. All right, this one. Now, if you get this one, this this is where this is where the the big boys come to play. All right, Bills present a blank threat. Um, so, okay, it's the word, this person's name, then the word threat. Uh, that player for the Bills is blank, a top free agent signed from Indianapolis who has assumed the position made famous by players such as Warren Sapp in Tampa and Tommy Harris in Chicago. He is the so-called three-technique tackle, which is in quotes because apparently that was not a common term in 2006, uh, and plays primarily on the outside shore of the strong side offensive guard. His job is to penetrate. That's what she said. I would set that up well. So Bills present a blank threat, and it's this hmm. player's 2006 three technique. Yep, came from Indy. Um, triplet. triplet. Yes, Scott. Oh, well done, Scott. Threat. So that was that was the headline. Um, wow. Okay, I'm not going to jinx anything. 2003, blanks jaunt cited by NFL. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Defensive tackle Blank's 37-yard interception return for TD against New England on Sunday is one of five nominations for NFL Play of the Week. That's Malloy, right? Mm, remember, Bill's defensive tackle Blank's 37 oh, Sorry. Oh, no. It's in the same game, though. It was the same game. It was the Malloy game. Frank. Frank. 
the big man. Oh, Sam Adams? Adams. Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Yes. Oh, this is going well, and only three to go. All right, 2001. Blank bitter over Bills Boutain. Blank, who has told friends that his career with the Buffalo Bills is over, is outraged that neither Williams, the team's first-year coach, uh, we saw Greg Williams. We didn't even talk about him being the Jets' defensive coordinator. Right. So to that, I say, aha. Uh, nor general manager Tom Donahoe bothered to contact him on Saturday and inform the Bills' career-leading score that he had been placed on the reserved injured list. Instead, the gloomy news was delivered on the phone by special teams coach Danny Smith. 2003. 2001. One. Steve Christie? Steve Christie. Yeah, I was going to uh, say it had to be like a a kicker or something because they had nothing on that team. We're two away from perfection and they are both doable. 1999, 20 years ago today, blank finally comes full circle (laughs) to have a chance to open the season against the bills is something I'm looking forward to. It's my first time playing against guys. I love as friends, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Ted Washington, guys that are left from when I was there 13 years. Whoever thought I'd be playing 13 years in the NFL. Hmm. That would be Thurman? No, no, he was mentioned as one of the friends. Oh, right. So, let's see. You said 99? 99. There's a bunch of hints I can give you. I want to see how you guys can do first, because you've whipped right through this. 99 is way past Kelly. 13 Um, years. Five-time Pro Bowler with the Bills. So that means he was drafted in 86. That could be well, no, because I think I think Bruce Smith went past, went longer than right, that. And again, Bruce Smith was one of the ones this guy mentioned as one of his friends. Right. Was I was only half listening to that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Andre Reed then, because I think he was All also right. 86. Lofton? Nope. No, uh, Lofton was like in 78. Yeah. Two-time AFC Defensive Player of the Year and three-time All-Pro. Boy. It was a stretch for the Bills to have the AFC Defensive Player four times in five years. Screw you, Derek Thomas. No, I'm kidding. Rest in peace, Derek Thomas. Um, man. Uh, well, I, I'm going to feel really bad that I didn't get Cornelius Bennett. Or Yes, there we <laughs> go. Really? He was Defensive Player of the Year twice? Yeah, he was really good. People forget I knew that. he was really good. I didn't know he had... I didn't know the league yeah. knew he was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yep. All right, the last one. This is a non-Bills player. But you did it last week with Jason Elam and Shannon Sharp. I'm sure you can do it with this guy. 1990, 29 years ago, Bills rough up blank and Colts. I mean, he played for the Colts. The Bills won their season opener for the 30 in a row as Thurman Thomas had 145 yards from scrimmage despite missing all of training cap and a contact dispute. Cornelius Bennett knocked rookie Indy QB blank out of the game in the fourth quarter with a vicious sack. Say that last part again. Sure. Cornelius Bennett knocked rookie Indy QB blank out of the game in the fourth quarter with a vicious sack. Was that Peyton Manning? No, no. Too no. Soon. Manning was 97, 98. Uh, Jeff George? George? Jeff George! Perfect score for you guys. Bruce Smith had said about Jeff George, I had my reservations about him, but I don't know anymore. I think he's going to be a super quarterback. The kid showed an awful lot of poise. Uh, and he was partially right. My favorite quote from this game, the Bills had used the no huddle offense and Marsha Broda and Kelly were talking it up. Marv Levy quote after the game on the no huddle attack. We'll use it from time to time, but it will not be our method of operation. Oh, Marv, you didn't know your own team. That was this day in Bills headlines for September 10th.
Well, if you liked those headlines and you liked our podcast, you should tell your friends to go and Google maybe next year Buffalo Bills or go to Facebook.com backslash BBillsMNY. Follow us on Twitter, BBillsMNY, whatever. Everybody just does the same slash. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Also, passing is the future. Scott, get with it. (laughs) You're right. It's a forward slash. Um, Twitter, BBillsMNY, BBillsMNY at gmail.com. You can search Buffalo Bills. You know, we haven't done that. We should do that. Buffalo Bills podcast. Yeah, done this in ages. I'll check it on my computer too. My let's see, we got the Rock Pile Report, Locked On Bills, best Buffalo Bills podcast according to Lest FM. Bills and Beers are third. Locked On Bills, a daily podcast on Player FM. That's garbage. Who's even? Everyone's even heard of that. Uh, Bills and Beers, Circle the Wagons. So like missing... all these oh, ones. We're not with on page one. Yeah. No, we're not best, but because we don't spend money on it. That's true. That's oh, a lot of this. This is this is sad. So I don't even see mine, us on page two. My yeah, web th- on mine we're at the bottom of page two. On my mm. web version, it has Buffalo Bills podcast and it goes popular on the web, and then it's got like just kind of quick links to different ones. And we're not on the first set of five. We're not on the second set of five. We're not on the third mm. set of five. We're not on the fourth set of five. And then you get to five, and then it's pardon my take. Buffalo Bills maybe next year and Buffalo Bills review, which must be just terrible. That's yeah. Well, I blame the listeners for not spare, you know, spreading as usual. Yeah. So maybe you guys could help us out with that. What could I say? Uh, We don't really blame you, but if you feel like sharing our podcast, please do. Uh, We really appreciate listening. We hope to speak to you next week after another Buffalo Bills victory this time against a different new jersey team until then thanks for listening my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul good night everyone